0: John Stossel and Fox Business ran a Libertarian debate Friday, April 1st. It was part one of a two-part series, part two coming up next Friday. We're going to dive into that heavily today. We're going to look at that, why that's significant, all that jazz. There's also a baffling back and forth between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders over debates. Yeah, over debates. <laughs> There's some hairy details in there that uh, we got to dive in, tear into we also have Donald Trump, and we even have some non-political stuff to talk about this week. So get yourselves ready. It's all coming up. Thanks for joining me today. This is guest. Happy Monday. Uh, Monday, April 4th. Monday, April 4th. Happy, happy, happy. Uh, How are y'all doing today? I just uh, woke up about an hour ago. Hopped online on the Facebook like normal Americans do every morning on your cell phone. Got on C-SPAN. Started raising hell. I love doing that. I don't know what it is about going on (laughs) anything political and just stirring up a rant. Uh, But C-SPAN asked a question... And my notifications have just been blowing up ever since. Ever since. Uh, ever since I posted this, C-SPAN asked, "Are Democratic superdelegates unfair?" They asked this just about an hour ago. It's it's almost eight o'clock as we speak. Are Democratic superdelegates unfair? And I said, "Yeah, we the people cast the votes." Hell. Closed primaries are kind of unfair. The primary system of winner-take-all delegates is unfair. The Electoral College is unfair. This is a modern-day society. Things should be a one-for-one vote. Look, I don't like Donald Trump, but a contested convention isn't the people voting at work. Superdelegates aren't the people voting at work. Winning over my state's electoral votes so that my vote is effectively discounted isn't the people voting at work. I have, as of right now, 51 likes. And then everybody trying to contest my point can only get grab like two or three. You know, to, for me, it's 50 to their one. 50 to one. Now, some people do bring up good arguments in this, but it's so back and forth. People are such party politics oriented that it is sad. Almost pathetic, even, I would say. Because they're just... They're just focused. Uh, I say closed primaries are a bad thing. Everybody jumps on my case. Oh, that's so that
1: uh, that's so people can't come in and uh, vote for the opposite party's weakest candidate, so that their candidate and their main party can win. Step back.
0: How stupid does that sound? I'm going to go vote in the in the party that I'm not associated with for the weakest candidate. I'm going to take my one vote and freaking waste it voting for the weakest candidate over there when the strongest one's going to win all their votes anyway where does that make sense I, I get people are just paranoid i think is what it is paranoid that they would lose power in that situation when i feel like the system's already rigged against you maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong but the electoral college, for example, the last couple of elections, the the, the popular vote and the electoral college kind of match right on up. But where is it? Where does it make sense? This person, one of these people, were trying to argue with me, saying uh, the the popular vote would make it so four states would decide the election. Uh-uh. that's what the electoral college does. The electoral college makes it so that these presidents only go to like battleground states. They know what states that they're going to win. They plot it out on a map and they say, we need this state, we need this state, we need this state. And if we can get this state, which is a swing state, if we can get them to swing our way, then we win. That's all we got to do is get these states because these states are on lock. These states are pretty much in our general area of where we want them. And then these these states over here, these few states, we gotta win these battleground states and win that swing state, and then we're good. We don't have they don't care. I'm in Delaware. They don't care. They don't come to Delaware hardly ever. I think it happened like I think it happened in in the last election. I think Obama did make a stop here. I'm not entirely certain, but I think he did. Uh, don't hold me to that. I'm not gonna dive on the internet right now and try to find more research to back up some some spur of the moment thoughts that I decided to interject. But in Delaware, you yeah, know, I feel kind of disenfranchised. A presidential candidate will rarely ever come here to try to get my vote because it's three electoral votes. They don't care about three electoral votes. It's never come down to three electoral votes. Ever. They're gonna to go to the states that have heavy hitting heavy hitting electoral votes. And then some people argue, well, it's proportionally broken down by representation, by population. And they, th- that's what gets me. They're like, well, this is so that people in California can't decide who's president. What are you talking about? They have more electoral votes. They're going to go fight over that state. They're not going to fight over my state. They're going to fight over that state. I, I don't know. Maybe Maybe I'm nitpicking. I don't know. But the other argument they made in the closed primaries is they said, well, somebody said, picture them, uh, take this as a bad analogy, picture them as if they were churches, okay? The Baptists can't all show up at the Catholic Church to vote for Catholic Church heads. First off, you don't even vote in the freaking church! You do in the Mormon Church. I take that back. You vote in the Mormon Church. You have to vote and sustain your leaders. And people rarely um, oppose the choice. But that's Mormons. Baptists, Catholics, I don't think they cast votes uh, on, on who their clergy are. So, I mean, the guy did say, in his defense, he said, picture this is a bad analogy. But also, primaries. You're voting for a presidential candidate, not a head of the party. Yes, he's going to represent the party, but why? Why do I have to register as party A or party B and if I'm not then i can live in a place where there's closed primaries where i can't pick one i can't pick one candidate i'm not it's not like i'm saying open the primaries and give people unlimited votes it's not like a facebook poll okay it's not like an internet poll where you can you know thanks for voting do you want to vote again no you get one vote that's it and these people are convinced that people would throw away their vote winning or uh, throw away their vote Voting for the weakest candidate of the other party. I don't understand that. I don't get that. Why would you do that? Ugh. Case in point. Make sure you drink a lot of coffee in the morning. I don't know if it sounds like I have or not. And two, if you're going to get into political arguments with people, at least be, be, be prepared. Be prepared to fight to the death. So what else before I dive into, like, you know, the real show? Uh, This past week has not been a stellar week for the weather, has it? I know, it kind of sucks to talk about the weather, doesn't it? It's such a stupid little conversation starter. It's supposed to be springtime. It's supposed to be nice and warm. It's been cold. It's been rainy. I'm trying to do yard work. Weather's not cooperating. Actually, did I say, I, I think last episode I said something about mowing my lawn, and that was just last week. And now it seems like my lawn is the jungle again. And I have to go out and mow it again. Except the weather isn't cooperating.
1: Thanks, Mother Nature.
0: Hate it. So, other than that, the this past week has been a little hectic. Uh, more over time. My FTO position has been, you know, nice and fluctuating. And I've been making it work for me. I like being in a position to make my job a little more interesting. make it Make me a little more invested in it. I like the teaching aspects of it, uh, I like developing these things for it, and it's fun. It's different, I li- it's like I'm hearing from the troops, so to speak, and uh, it's great, it's fun, and I get to be a little more involved and on a different level. I'm still getting, did you hear that ding? I don't know if you heard that ding, it's still people arguing with me on C-SPAN, it's whatever. So there's that, uh, somebody at work actually, I'm not going to name names, but uh, that's, that's a hint for him. Uh, he, he does that all the time. He told me, he's like, I listen to your show and I think it's, I think it's good and interesting, just a bit of advice. Uh, last episode, I must have said uh, um, uh, like a dozen times and I apologize for that. I try not to do that, I try to catch myself in that. And the only way I know that is people who listen who say things like that. I take criticism very constructively. I don't take it in a negative sense. I don't get down on myself about it. Uh, I take it as people trying to help me. So, if you hear me go uh, uh, a lot, feel free to tell me. If I want to do this as a profession, I think I need to cut that out myself, really. And I'm trying to catch myself do that. I'm trying to script the shows more. But like, listen to this beginning intro, Like this whole episode right here, this first 10-minute block. Nothing's written down. This is me speaking from my mind. Usually when I'm well-formulated on, on an opinion or a stance or something, I don't really have to write it down. I don't even need a flow chart. I, I just... I can fire it off. I don't even know if you can hear my finger snapping. This microphone is pretty damn good, though. Right? Right? So, the show sounds professional. Top-notch grade. Now it's just promoting, promoting, promoting. So that's why I always say, if if you got friends that you think would be interested, like, share, whatever.
1: I say friends. You could say, oh, I listen to Fritzcast because he he does goofy voices and talks about the news and politics, and he makes me think about different things that otherwise I'd
0: never think of before. Just whenever you say it, don't sound like a nerd. I I listen to Fritzcast because he's he de- <laughs> he's my buddy. I like him. Listen to his show, please. God help me. Okay, so, if you follow the Fritz FritzCast Facebook page... uh, uh, Look, I did it again. I said, uh... I'm going to scorn myself out loud every time until I don't do it anymore. It'll be fun! On the FritzCast Facebook page. I posted this. I posted a picture... And I'll try to post it in the description, maybe make it the episode picture head. But my status went, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? It's a picture of Austin Peterson, John McAfee, Gary Johnson. They're all standing at these nice podiums. The backdrop looks like a presidential debate. John Stossel is standing at a moderator's podium. They have these... these Seals of the Libertarian Party And the seals say Libertarian Presidential Forum The lighting is right They all look professional And the thing with the candidates here is They look genuinely happy They look genuinely excited And the fact of the matter is Is that They haven't been given this opportunity On like a national network John Stossel is a Libertarian guy And he wanted to give them a platform So he took his show And for two episodes now, this week and, well, last week, technically, and the end of this week, this Friday coming up, both hours of a show have been dedicated to giving them a presidential debate that could be televised, have the flair, have the look, have the attention to detail that they deserve. I'll tell you right now, go on to YouTube and type in Libertarian Presidential Debates. You will find... A dozen, because they they've they've debated all across the United States. They've had several debates, not just with these three individuals, but with more individuals running for president, running for the nomination for presidency. Rather, they've gone all across the states. Most of the Libertarian Party of the states, they'll uh, they'll record, stream it to YouTube, whatever, but they're using cameras that. Have very bad quality. They're less than than a, than a Sony handycam, practically. the The audio sucks because it's just the camera's mics picking up the audio in the in the stadium, or or in the uh, not the stadium, the what is the word I'm looking for? The theater, the convention center, the the hall, wherever they're doing it. They don't have they're they're not getting the audio direct from the mics. There's a process, I don't want to dive into too many details on that because it gets boring. But they're not picking up the true audio, so you're just hearing the echoing audio in the theater area. So it's hard to hear. You can hear people who are operating the equipment talk in the background. Uh, There's no close-ups, it's one static cam, one static image of all the candidates standing up on the stage. In essence, when you watch it, it looks bad. It looks boring. It looks bad. there's no attention to the presentation. They're all standing at podiums with those printed out banners like draped over the side with their names on it, and you know the subpar printing quality. It doesn't look good and Unfortunately, in today's world, you need the flash you need the edge of you need the look of everything. Stossel didn't take this into some convention center packed with a large audience he he brought he he switched his studio around. He put in nice backdrops of uh, stars and stripes and American flags and all that. Uh, You know, some TV monitors to pull up video questions and and things of that nature. But everything looks like it's a debate. Everything looks like it's a professionally done thing. Because it is. And the Libertarian Party doesn't get that. That's why this last debate was such a big deal. And that's why I, I implored everybody to watch it. I've posted links on the FritzCast page. I'll post links in this when I post it up to SoundCloud, and that link subsequently should be in iTunes and Stitcher, wherever else uh, my show gets uploaded to. Take some time to watch this debate. It was very interesting. It was very refreshing and very different from these back-and-forth stupid Donald Trump-driven debates, These these Hillary and Bernie taking shot for shot at each other. This was, this was truly a, a debate of different ideas Different approaches to government issues And it'll make you think a little bit differently I believe anyway So just some quick fire notes from the debate I watched it yesterday on YouTube I'll provide the links of the uh, good quality ones it's Something else, sidebar, gripe Glad Fox Business and John Stossel Gave the Libertarian Party a, a format and a place to do this still shortcomings and this is grand scale overall if you want to watch these debates it's like you have to watch them live or you have to dig on YouTube and find somebody who recorded it and uploaded a good quality version still don't like that that's not every channel and every debate but this debate I was hoping Fox Business John Stossel would immediately upload it the day after push it out there on the internet they didn't that's dropping the ball in my opinion at least anyway very much dropping the ball You want to get it access to people. This is a party that has been uh, kind of downtrodden. Sort of. At least, anyway. Give them the exposure. Put it on YouTube. Put it out there. Share the crap out of it. Don't don't make me go find the person that, that recorded it and took the time to upload it on there. You should have done that. Just saying. So... The format is the same that you would see in in typically any other debate. They're given a certain amount of time. There's a little buzzer if they go over the time. You end up not hearing that buzzer so much in this debate as you do in others. The whole thing that's different is that it was very intimate. It's, It's on Stossel's show. So it's in a Fox studio where normally he would just be sitting at his desk, you know, going over stories. So he packed in a studio audience, you know, nothing big a nice little intimate thing felt more like a town hall kind of setup more intimate feel more more direct interaction less of the glitz glare and 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 stupid I I personally hate them I hate them when you watch the big debates and you have the big crowd pops and and things like that I hate I really hate the audience reactions so so to speak I really wish that debates would just be your candidates up on the stage in a moderator, no audience. And I know I'm a hypocrite because I said if I could be in the audience, I probably would. I still think it's best when there's no audience there so that you can't play off the audience. There shouldn't be any playing off the audience. So Stossel opened up, asked each candidate to, you know, give an overview of themselves. Uh, Gary Johnson can always refer back to his record. Two terms as governor, very successful. Used a lot of veto and line item vetoes to cut down on the government. Cut government spending growth. Did a lot of good stuff. Left very highly praised. Arguably highly praised. Johnson pushes himself on the fact that he's goal-oriented. He sets goals. He keeps his eye on the prize. Doesn't get discouraged. Tackles it. And never takes no for an answer. Always tries to win. Kind of like Donald Trump, right? No, not like Donald Trump. That's just to give you a a paint a picture. That's what Gary Johnson opened himself with. Um, McAfee, he's strong on personal freedom. One of his uh, big examples was drugs, things like drugs. Why should they be illegal? One of the things he specifically said in the debate. In fact, why read it to you? I can give you the audio.
2: Libertarianism is grounded in the concept of liberty. But what is liberty? Liberty means that our bodies and our minds belong to ourselves. Liberty is lost when governments decide what is right or wrong regarding what we may do with ourselves. Every law that is tried to restrict or limit personal freedoms and personal liberty has failed governments and countries have criminalized prostitution or homosexuality legislated what ideas we may teach our children we have criminalized the consumption of alcohol or other drugs and what is the result our war on drugs has not diminished the consumption of illegal drugs it has merely filled our prisons with non-violent citizens and created the most powerful and brutal drug cartel in the world prohibition did not reduce the consumption of alcohol. It created suffering through punishment and gave rise to organized crime. And ideas, like evolution, may be offensive to some, but ideas have a life of their own and cannot be extinguished. Liberty, which is personal freedom, cannot be restricted through laws. It can only be unjustly punished as it is expressed, giving rise to suffering throughout society.
0: That's just, you know, a snippet of John
3: McAfee for you. Here's uh, Austin Peterson. First off, thank you very much, John, and thank you to Fox Business for hosting this forum. I was born in Independence, Missouri. I was raised on a horse farm in Peculiar, just a short drive from a town called Liberty. Coincidence? I'll let you guys be the judge. I learned about economic liberty when my parents sent me out into the fields to plant chrysanthemums and sell them to the people of my small town. I learned about personal liberty from those who taught me about the Golden Rule. I believe that people are inherently good, and that they can be trusted with freedom, and that that freedom should be as expansive as possible. The role of government is to protect our liberty, not our security. That's what the Second Amendment is for. I'm the grassroots candidate with a real national campaign. I have an army of freedom ninjas at my back who have been volunteering for me and financing me the entire way. I'm the fiscally conservative candidate with zero dollars of campaign debt. I am proving that you can do more with less. I may be the youngest candidate in this race, but I'm the oldest in libertarian years. I'm the anti-establishment candidate in this anti-establishment party. I'm here to shake things up and inspire a generational liberty movement now and into the future. And I'm the only candidate on this stage who can inspire a coalition of libertarians, conservatives, reasonable Democrats, and independents to win. I'm pro-life, pro-constitution, and pro-freedom. My plan is to take over the government so I can leave everyone alone. Thank you. The revolution continues. Thank you, friends.
0: So how did all that sound? You have three people here. You have Gary Johnson, you have John McAfee, and you have Austin Peterson, who the other two, I wasn't even big on. But being able to hear him speak at a forum like this, I have listened to them at the other debates. Seeing it all professionally done, up like this, this is something that makes me proud, something that makes me happy to see. It's a refreshing turn. so let's dive into some of the things that they uh, that they did or that they went over. Um, on terror, Gary Johnson and I played this last week for you. He thinks the key is uh is is not intervention, isn't uh, our military efforts. rather, he thinks the key is cutting the funding. Cutting the funding, not foreign aid supplying anybody that would uh, that has questionable humanitarian practices, things like that. Get rid of the money; they're going to falter on their own. We do have to do a, a little bit here and there. He did mention something about constitutionally declaring war on them. Going to McAfee. McAfee says, "Hey, we're not isolationist. That's something that's brought up against libertarians. Oh, they're isolationists. No, McAfee says." Uh, something along the lines of we have been separated by a world wanting a police force, and we've stepped in the role. We don't have to do that. We don't have to be the world police. Peterson says that it's all fear mongering. Fear mongering drives Congress the uh, the ability to to write up new laws to violate um violate constitutional rights to to rewrite the Constitution practically. He says fight them constitutionally. In fact, I want to play you the clip that he specifically states. You know,
3: obviously terrorism is a threat, but we have got to resist these politicians who are going to fearmonger as an excuse to take away our liberties. Stand up to people who use every tragedy as an excuse to take away our constitutional rights. Now listen, Thomas Jefferson had the Islamic terrorists of his day. He still managed to fight them constitutionally. After 9-11, Congressman Ron Paul went to the Congress and asked for letters of mark and reprisal. Congress should update these letters. Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution would give us powerful tools to fight ISIS in a way that doesn't involve invasion, occupation, and nation-building. No matter what, if we want to defend our national security, we should only go to war with a declaration of war. The president should always obey the Constitution, and if I'm Commander-in-Chief, I promise to only go to war if it's constitutional and to obey the law.
0: So that's all the clips that I'm going to play from this debate. It was about 40 minutes, and I don't want to just, you know, suck it all up and take it away. It's out there. Go watch it. The link is in the description. Go watch it. Take the 40 minutes. It's very, very different. Very different things that you will hear. I very much enjoyed it. I'm glad Stossel and Fox Business did it. Uh, I submitted a question, and who knows? It might even pop up in in Part 2 later this week. Who knows? That, uh, that would be pretty awesome if it did. I submitted a video question. We'll see if they picked it or not. But I'm glad it's a two-parter. I'm glad they got the exposure. Uh, this, this all ties into, you know, last week I, I reported Gary Johnson. I told you guys he got 11% in the Monmouth poll. If he can get 15% in a couple of national polls, he can be in these presidential debates coming up. That would be something. Now, speaking on debates... Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton are having some sort of odd back and forth over debates again. Isn't it so stupid that it's the same thing over and over and over again? It's the same damn thing every week. It's it's like a dirty bait and switch almost. I'm I'm going to tell you. They're debating they're debating doing a debate. How stupid does that sound?
1: Excuse me. We're over here debating on when we should have debate
0: times, okay? Let's stop talking about the issues real quick. Let's talk about when we should have the debate. And and literally, it's uh, it's Bernie saying,
1: you know, ah, uh, the Clinton campaign, they they don't want to debate us. They know that we could beat them. They know that we have a huge following. That that we will take down Miss Clinton. Who is backed by lobbyists? Who is backed by Wall Street? Who is backed by oil tycoons? They know they're afraid. They're on their toes when we show up. Feel the burn. Use the hashtag on your Twitter.
0: And what's really funny is that Bernie and Hillary they don't they don't sit down or talk to each other on the phone. Hey, hey, uh, debate. You want to do it? Uh, you want to.
1: Do- Hey Hillary, you want to do it? Uh, you want to do the debate? Uh, you know, you want to you want go on Good Morning America and and talk to the people? And she's like, No, Monday I'm getting my nails done.
0: I can't do a debate. They don't decide it. Their part, their their, their people are arguing over the times, back and forth, and making all these news appearances. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Serious time now. Let's get serious, folks. This is about serious stuff. Okay? We try to be serious here on FritzCast. With a little zaniness and humor. Okay, here we go. Here's the quotes that I'm going to read. In a statement, Clinton campaign spokesman Brian Fallon said the Sanders campaign had rejected three separate debates on which to hold a debate. Oh, my bad. (laughs) See, I muffed it. I was too concentrated in voice. Said the Sanders campaign had rejected three separate dates on which to hold a debate. <laughs> three. Rejected three separate debates on which to hold a debate. You silly bastard. Quote, The Sanders campaign needs to stop with the games, Fallon said in the statement. Over the course of the last week, we have offered three specific dates for a debate in New York, all of which the Sanders campaign Rejected. Uh, Let's see, further, further, further. We then offered the night of April 14th, and that was rejected by Sanders. While we preferred to do an evening debate on the 14th, we then agreed to a debate on Good Morning America on April 15th, understanding that the Sanders campaign had already agreed to this form. That, too, was rejected. Sanders spokesman Michelle Briggs, or Michael Briggs, my bad, Michael Briggs said in a statement Saturday that the dates proposed by Clinton's team don't make a whole lot of sense.
1: I'm going to read these as if it was Bernie Sanders. The idea that they want to debate in New York on the night of the NCAA finals with Syracuse in the tournament, no less, is ludicrous, he wrote. April 4
0: is the night of the NCAA basketball championships. Championship. Singular. It's the end of March Madness. The culmination, it all comes down to this. April 4th, basketball champions of college. And before anybody faults me for saying April 4, that's actually how the hill has it written. Not my fault that they typoed it. Uh, Briggs did not address April 14th or 15th, though. But the whole thing was trying to get a debate on April 4th at seven thirty, as a debate time during the NCAA finals, can
1: anybody fault Bernie Sanders for going? You dumb! You think we're gonna debate going up against uh, going against uh, going against this huge,
0: massive event? I'm I'm convinced that almost Hillary Clinton's campaign would be like. Yeah, well, we suggested doing it Sunday night, but Sanders said something about the Super Bowl going on, so I guess he's just not serious about this. That's almost how I feel like it would be. Maybe that's a bit extreme of an example. But things like this have happened. Debbie Wasserman Schultz has been like, I've scheduled the debates at at prime times when other stuff's going on and people probably aren't going to watch it.
1: Just saying it. Holy crap. It's been weeks since I've heard this siren. <laughs> it's like I'm almost losing my sympathy
0: for the man with all the crap that you guys were doing to make me sympathetic towards him. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Donald Trump's
1: ridiculous statement of the week.
0: God, how long has it actually been? I, I, I think three or four weeks, almost an entire month I went without giving a Donald Trump ridiculous statement of the week because of all the stupid stuff going on. Now, uh, no video of the statement. It was an interview with uh, the Washington Post. Bob Woodward and Robert Costa sat down with uh, Donald Trump. And unfortunately, they have a video talking back and forth of how their interview with him went. That's very odd. I don't know why you would do that. First off, ridiculous article of the week, Washington Post talking about how two other people sat down with an interview for Donald Trump and videoed them talking about the interview. Very, very dumb. Very dumb. Uh, here we go. He insisted that he would be able to get rid of the nation's more than $19 trillion national debt over a period of eight years. There's a reason why this is a ridiculous statement of the week. Number one, that he would be a two-term president. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous statement, number one. Number two is that he would eliminate the debt in that eight-year period. And the only reason I say this, the only reason I call this in the question is Donald Trump's tax plan has been analyzed and shown that it would actually put us more in the hole because he would cut taxes, but he wouldn't cut programs. Okay? There's two... There's key differences here. Part of the reason I'm a libertarian and support the libertarian candidates is because they're willing to look cabinet by cabinet, department by department, in uh, the in the nation, in the federal programs. They're willing to look at it program by program and going... You don't need as much money. We don't need you at all. All that jazz. And you have to listen to their reasoning behind why they would eliminate certain departments anyway. That's a whole debate for another time. The whole point is that Donald Trump talks about how he would slash taxes so that we would spend, so that, you know, us consumers, us little men would spend more. And this is true. I've looked at the tax calculators and that's all, the tax calculators online, it's all based on speculation, but the Republican candidates... And Hillary Clinton, you pay about the same or less than what you're paying. And then Bernie Sanders, you exponentially pay more. That's just how it breaks down right now. That's how the projections break down a bit. Just being honest. But Donald Trump's saying he's going to eliminate the 19 trillion national debt. Just heads up, Donnie boy. You can't declare bankruptcy for America. It doesn't work. In most senses, I think you should run the nation as a business. But you can't. 100% 100% do that because you can't, you know, go, "Oh, I'm just going to I'm going to declare bankruptcy and take all the money and leave." Doesn't work. You can't consolidate your national debt like that. You just got to pay it the hell off. And speaking on Donald Trump, my man Rand Paul had a wonderful Twitter April Fools joke. He tweeted out that he was going to have a huge major endorsement. In fact, the tweet was on March 31st. Quote, I have a major endorsement announcement to make tomorrow. Stay tuned. He replied to his own tweet. Um, the announcement is going to be huge. Don't miss it. Wow. Many people tell me the announcement is the best announcement anyone has ever seen. So much winning. Paul confirmed Friday it was an April Fool's prank saying the endorsing Trump would be like endorsing entropy. So... Uh, I love Rand Paul for for doing this stupid little stuff. He likes to have fun with things. However, as, mu- as much as I-, I will step back, you do have to take every individual on a basis and all this. I will criticize Rand Paul for saying for playing party politics because Rand Paul has already stated time and again, "I'll support the eventual nominee." Period. The end. So he's a party player. I don't like that. I would I would much prefer Rand Paul to come out and say, "You know what? I'm voting for the Libertarian candidate," and you know what. In all honesty, he might actually do that because it's not like we're going to see who he casted his vote for. He might have to play saving face for the Republican Party not to be ousted by his, you know, friends or buddies or you know whatever ties that he has. So, there's that to keep in mind. Well, before I close out, I want to say something about video games. Let me say it about video games. I think video games today are pretty hit and miss. They're either good or they're not. We get into these cycles of, of just the same game being rehashed over and over again every year. Gets a couple updates, they push it out and suckers buy it for sixty bucks because they can't control their uh, they can't control their appetites. Kind of. That's kind of what it is. They can't control their appetites. I have been scouring the interwebs of sorts to pick up old games. For instance, uh, my wife just let me order the other day. Uh, For you football fans out there, you know, you probably like playing Madden to a degree. Do you remember back in the day? I hate saying this. I'm only 26 years old, and I'm saying back in the day. Some old fart, please slap me across the face. Back in the day, PlayStation 1, okay? I know that was a long time ago. Do you remember a game called NFL Blitz? Not Blitz the League, not any of these crappy secondhand games. NFL Blitz, before EA had an exclusive deal for all the NFL gaming. NFL Blitz, it was by Midway. That's what I just ordered. I ordered a copy of NFL Blitz 2001, the first NFL Blitz game I ever played. And I had a lot of fun playing this ridiculous, stupid, arcadey game. You remember it? It was no refs, no rules. You could hit people after the whistle blew. Uh, First and 10 wasn't a thing. It was like first and 30. Uh, You could run, you could pass, but the hits were like extraordinary. You could like pile-drive football players. I just ordered that game for like a buck or two bucks. I forget how much. I think the shipping cost more than the game itself, honestly, at this point. But I went to Farmer Market, to Farmer's Market, to Farmer's Market, to... Used game shops. I can't find the damn thing anywhere. But it's on Amazon. So I ordered it. Hopefully it comes in this week. If not, you know, it's whatever. I ordered it. I'll forget about it. It'll come in and I'll be like, look at this. I can't wait to play the crap out of it because they don't make video games like that anymore. Now, mind you, I say this. I bash current video games and I'm excited for this game coming out called Quantum Break. It's by the guys that made Alan Wake for Xbox 360 and I loved that game. Alan Wake was like a very cinematic-based game. It was like watching a TV show. There was episodes in between, and then you'd go in and you'd play, and then there'd be episodes. And at the end, you could string together all the episodes, and it was like a, it was like a little movie. It was like 40, 45 minutes, close to our, closer to an hour of footage combined to make a show. And that's what Quantum Break is. Quantum Break is you play the game, you make decisions, and your decisions will base how the cinematic play goes out. And they've used real actors and and screen capturing and motion capturing. They use their likenesses. and So I'm excited about Quantum Break coming out. Check it out if you're into video games. But also, go on Amazon and start ordering the old stuff. Because the old stuff, I mean, you're never going to get NFL Blitz Midway style. I know EA put out uh, a Madden Blitz a couple years ago on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. But come on, it wasn't anywhere near what the old one was, with the old blocky football players and the comment I love the commentary. The commentator was ridiculous. It was like JR from WWE, good old Jim Ross commentating a football game. You would like tackle somebody and their helmet would fly off and he'd go, He just took off his head. Oh, it was his helmet. Look like his head. Like you don't get that in video games anymore. Just Pure, fun, ridiculous chaos. That's it for FritzCast this week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Check out that Libertarian Debate Part 2. comes on Friday if you have Fox Business. Tune in to Stossel on Friday to watch Part 2. Otherwise, I'll dig up the link and put it in uh, next episode because I'm sure we'll tear into it some more and tear into even this one some more. I just wanted to keep the flow a little bit different, keep it going. So thanks for listening. Like this, share this. Tell your friends, your family, your neighbors. I want you to get on Twitter and use the hashtags. And Didn't Obama do that in one of his things? I want you to get on Twitter and Facebook. Tell your friends. Use hashtags. Plaster my bumper sticker everywhere. I don't have bumper stickers yet. I probably never will. Or will I? I don't know. Tune in
1: next week. Tune in next week to find out.